One of the things that stops small business owners from creating marketing content consistently is this feeling of being uninspired, of having no idea what to say in the first place. If you can relate to this, you are in good company. So many of us struggle with knowing what our marketing content should actually be about. But I am here to help. I have come up with 100 prompts that you can use to guide your marketing from your social media posts to your emails to your longer form content. I guarantee that these prompts will get you inspired and that you'll have more ideas than you even know what to do with. You can download this list of 100 marketing prompts for free at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100 prompts. That's makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100-P-R-O-M-P-T-S. Welcome back to Making Good, the podcast for small businesses who want to make a big impact. I'm your host, Lauren Tilden, and this is episode 154. I am so excited about today's episode because I have three special guests with me. Today, I've invited three fellow small business owners to join me for a panel discussion about planning for 2023. I really wanted to have a group of folks tackle this topic together because there are so many different approaches to planning, and this conversation really illustrates that. In this episode, we talked about how three different small business owners each approach planning for their businesses overall, how far in advance each business owner on the panel plans, how each of our business owners approach content planning, when it comes to planning, what has worked for each of our panelists in the past and what hasn't worked, one final piece of planning advice from each panelist, and much, much more. So I can't wait to introduce you to the business owners who have joined me for today's panel discussion about planning for 2023. The business owners on the panel today are first Megan Frisch from Megan Elizabeth Art. Megan Elizabeth Art is a one-woman business bringing you minimalist and artisanal sterling silver and turquoise jewelry. Each piece is one of a kind, showcasing the natural beauty of each stone through unique combinations and delicate sterling silver designs. Slow made with quality materials, MEA jewelry is built to be worn with pride and adored for years to come. If you want to connect with Megan and check out Megan Elizabeth Art as you're listening, head to Megan Elizabeth Art on Instagram. That's M-E-G-H-A-N-E-L-I-S-A-B-E-T-H Art. Okay, so the next panelist is Tracy Yang from Jarnco Flowers. Jarnco is a flower farm in Washington's beautiful Sky Valley, growing beautiful specialty cut flowers. Jarn's flowers are grown using organic and sustainable practices. If you want to connect with Tracy and check out Jarnco as you're listening, head to Jarnco Flowers on Instagram. That's J-A-R-N-C-O-F-L-O-W-E-R-S. And finally, we have Kim McKee from Bobblebee Co. Bobblebee makes handmade solutions to make sustainable swaps easier for busy families, helping you to simplify your daily life with eco-friendly products like reusable paper towels, washable snack bags, wallets, scrunchies, and more. If you want to connect with Kim and check out Bobblebee Co. as you're listening, head to Bobblebee Co. on Instagram. That's B-A-U-B-L-E-B-E-E-C-O. This is a seriously inspiring conversation that I cannot wait to share with you. Let's get right into the panel discussion with Megan, Tracy, and Kim. Megan, Tracy, Kim, thank you so much for being here on Making Good. I was actually at a market yesterday and someone was telling me about how much they enjoyed the panel that we did a few weeks ago. So I'm thrilled to be talking about something that is so important. It's something that people approach so differently. So I think it's it's not something I wanted to just talk to just one person about. So I'm thrilled to have all three of you, different businesses, different approaches. Before we get into it, I would love for each of you to introduce yourselves so that the listeners know who they're talking to. So why don't you share your name and your business as well as where you're located? And let's do Megan, then Tracy, then Ken. Hi, my name's Megan. I am the owner of Megan Elizabeth Art. I make sterling silver and turquoise jewelry, all handcrafted, um, and I am based in Seattle, Washington. I'm Tracy Yang. I am the co-owner and um, farm manager of John Co. Flowers. We are a flower farm based in Monroe, Washington. 
Hello, I'm Kim and I'm the owner of Bobble Bee Co. I make sustainable home goods for busy families to take the overwhelm out of getting started being eco-friendly. Yay. Okay. So as you can hear, three very different businesses. And so I think this is a really great way to enter this conversation because I know everyone listening is going to be coming from a different place. So I want to start with a really broad, almost like too big to answer, but do your best question, which is overall, as we record this, we're in the last couple of weeks of the year. How do you approach planning for the year to come? Do you have a process or a method? Do you just kind of wing it a little bit more? Like what is your overall approach? I love the destination postcard activity that you introduced me to, Lauren. I really like kind of sitting down and thinking big picture, where do I want to be in a year? If I could write to myself a year from now, what would I want to say and share with myself and get excited about? And so I kind of, that's what I use for my big, huge North star. If everything aligns and is so amazing, what would that look like? And last year when you introduced me to that and I wrote that down, the way that you helped me approach it was then to break those pieces down even further. So what is what does that look like? And so my big North Star goal last year was to be in three retail shops in this year. And I crushed that, which if you told me, I mean, I, I just got chills even saying it. If you told me I did that last year, that sounds so big, but when you break it down into, okay, well then what does that look like? How do you approach businesses? What do you say when you go talk to them? What material do you show them? How do you introduce yourself? Those are all things I can answer. And then putting all of that together is not as big of a thing when you break it down first, but just telling little me, Oh, go be in three retail stores within 12 months. That sounds massive. So that was a huge thing for me last year. And I'm really excited to do destination postcard again and kind of see what comes up. Because honestly, I didn't even know that was a huge goal for me until I did that. And I wrote it down and then thought, oh, yeah, that would be great. (laughs) And so I'm excited to do that again. I love what you just said for a couple of reasons. First, I feel like I'm always the most excited about goals or I'm always the most motivated to actually move toward them when I'm excited about them. So I love that like you came from like, what would what would make me feel amazing at the end of the year? And then like broke that down versus like, what do I think my goal should be? Increase revenue by X percent. That's fine if that excites you, but I think we're going to be most likely to achieve the goals that really like we feel internally excited about. The other thing is I love the breaking down goals. And this is something that took me way too long to figure out. But I'd be like, my goal is X, but I didn't really realize that in order to do X, that has like 200 mini steps underneath it. And it's very overwhelming if you don't like actually articulate each of those out. So great, great tips, Kim. This is Tracy of John Co. And um, kind of just piggybacking off what you just said, uh, Lauren. So I'm fairly new to the um, flower farming industry. Um, I'm coming from a background of having my own business as a personal trainer and massage therapist. And because of COVID, you know, that completely put me out of business. So my family was in flower farming and I, you know, I'm a second generation farmer. So I came in kind of just following, seeing what my mom uh, was doing. And she's the kind of person that just wings it. So I was like, okay, I guess this is just how you do it. But I realized that for me, that stresses me out way too much. And it just caused a lot of um, situations that I felt like I couldn't control. And um, I, and then in turn, it led to a lot of mistakes. And um, that's kind of when I... I was like, okay, this has to change. I need to be more intentional. Um, You know, I need to not just wing it because I have a vision for myself. You know, I have a certain lifestyle that I want to live. I have certain goals um, in business and also in my personal life that I want to achieve. So if I want to do all of that, I need to move more intentionally. 
And um, that's kind of when I started thinking, honestly, I started thinking less about the business and more about what I want for myself. Um, so that's kind of how one way um, I incorporate into how I approach planning. And then the other way is also, you know, I'm, I'm very numbers motivated. So I'm very money motivated. So that's the other thing I think about is, um, you know, what is, how much is it going to cost me um, to plant all my crops? And what do I need to bring in to cover that? And then what do I need to bring in to live and pay workers, right? Yes, that's a, a brief rundown of how I think yeah. about planning. <laughs> I'm first of all, I'm really sorry that people listening cannot see the angelic golden creature that was in the screen as we're recording this on Zoom. Like this, I forgot her name or his name. His name is Donut. Donut. I knew it was something fantastic. Cutest like golden retriever puppy you've ever seen. Really wanting some spotlight time. Um, so thank you for having him in in here. I love that. I love that you know yourself well enough to be like, okay, the way that my mom was running things worked for her, but like was not going to work for you just because you like to not wing it and you like to like kind of know where things are happening. So I think that just really illustrates that we all have different approaches and giving yourself permission to be like, what is going to make me feel the best in my business and the way I'm planning is going to be unique for us, but we can design it to work. So I, I really love that. This is Megan from Megan Listen Art. <laughs> um, I have a few steps that I kind of go through and some of them mimic what Tracy and Kim were saying. But first, what I go through is more of like a reflection period on what I feel went really well last year, what didn't go so well or may have gone well, but didn't feel good. Um, I'm very... I structure myself so that I'm feeling fulfilled throughout the year. Even if it's a very busy time, I want to still be feeling like what I'm doing is filling my cup, even if I'm tired. So that's something that I think about. And I kind of make that list of like, what are things that I'm going to change for the next year? And then I also think about what kind of transitions I'm going to be going through in the next year, whether that be within the within my life whether that be in the business of things like the business is just growing and I need to change from a sole proprietorship to an LLC, like those kind of transitions that um, just happen with growth. And then also with life, are you moving? Are you going to be adopting a dog? Are you going to have to like <laughs> take some time off at any point in time? Do you have any vacations planned? Getting those things on the calendar. Um, are always really helpful for laying yourself out for the year. Um, and then I also am somebody who gets lots of ideas throughout the year and I have to rein myself in. So I have a, a list that gets like accumulates throughout the entire year of things that I'm like, these don't contribute to the three North Star goals that I have for this year, but they are things that I want to do. So I have this huge list <laughs> that are for the next year I'm planning. So I go through all of those things as well and then pick North Stars from there. Um, so it's kind of a, it's a, it's a few step process, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I especially just want to draw attention to what you said about um, like scheduling and your priorities and your personal life into your calendar. I think we don't think about that often enough. And it's really easy to like not put a vacation in. And I myself am extremely guilty of this. So I'm, I should be learning from this, but many of us as business owners, like our personal lives and business lives are kind of naturally intertwined. And so not trying to keep them totally separate, I think is the best way to make sure that you actually do have time for like the quiet nights and like the, okay, I didn't do a market this weekend because my priority is something else. And I put that in my calendar. So I think that's a great point. What I'm curious about now is the timeline of your planning. And I think there's a really wide range of how people approach this from like, it's January 1st and I've planned out all 52 weeks of the year down to like exactly what piece of content is going out. And then there's the people who like, 
him maybe, for example, you had this North Star goal of three stockists by the end of the year. And that was kind of the goal. <laughs> and like you hadn't done much. I don't know. So I'm I'm just using this as an example. You'll you'll have to share. But you know, maybe that's kind of the extent of the planning in the beginning. And then you month by month or quarter by quarter, you do more of the detailed stuff. When it comes to planning, how far out do you all plan? And to what level of detail, I guess, do you get down to? I'm so curious to hear from you because I'm guessing we're going to get very different answers. This is Kim from Bobblebee. And I am looking at 2023 in a completely different way. I'm actually going to take a back seat on e-commerce and markets in the first quarter. Um, I'm kind of leaning into the fact that things are very slow in the beginning of the year for small business. And, and I fully recognize that I'm in an incredibly fortunate position that my income is not breadwinning for my family. This is a side hustle for me that is a passion project. This My business is what gives me identity outside of motherhood and PTO vice president and community volunteer and all the other things I love, love, love to have my hands in, but also caused me to kind of forget who I was at the heart of things before I got involved in those things. And so I love my business because it it does give me such a sense of identity but i because of that i'm able to lean into taking kind of a smaller role in the beginning of the year and just leaning into that things are slow but because making good has moved the needle for me so much this year and the things that i have learned have been just so massive I am investing in more learning opportunities and more marketing courses and more classes and more things that I can do to move the needle even further in 2023, which is going to be very hard for me to kind of not be promoting myself and my business and the things that I love making. But I know that I'm going to find a lot of joy in the learning aspect of things outside of actually making. So I'm thinking about planning in terms of quarters. So first quarter is going to be reinvesting in my own education and my own ability to do website design and SEO and content and things like that. And then as the weather gets nicer and I want to make new lines new products, then I will move more into seasonal drops. Love it. This is Megan from Megan Elizabeth Art. Um, I'm similar. I am doing more quarterly or in three month chunks. Um, I'm someone who really likes structure, but I also need freedom within that structure. So I have like my three North Stars Um, for the whole year. And then I go within three month chunks. So I'm not really going to be thinking beyond March, starting in January. And I'm just going to be looking at, okay, what are the top priorities right now? Making sure I, so I'm going to give you a little plug for making it happen right now, because this helped me so much (laughs) with when I first joined is the three accountability goals every month to structure myself, to have those three things that need to get done that month and making sure that those three goals contribute to my North stars in some way. Um, I can do other things on the side if I'm feeling inspired for it, but that I need to have those three goals accomplished at the end of the month that are actively contributing to my North star goals. I'm also somebody with that structure. I like to plan. So once January is done, then I'm going to add another month of planning down the line. Um, And if something comes up and I'm like, oh, I want to do that, but that's like months away, I'll make a little note for whatever month I think I might be wanting to do it. Um, So that's kind of how I go about it. I, I can't have every week planned or every day planned that just stifles me and makes me stressed. So 
I need to have that freedom. Um, but I find that having three main goals that need to be done because I also tend to procrastinate. Um, it's that ADHD brain that just does not does not work <laughs> well in that regard. Uh, so I I really need those three goals, but having the freedom to to uh, work on them within a month period when I feel like it um, is very helpful for me. This is Tracy of Johnco. There's several different ways I or areas that I have to plan within. Um, my business. So in terms of crops, I have to crop plan at least two years in advance, um, especially just with the industry demand right now. Um, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but there's a big bloom. There's a big boom in the flower industry, like um, in terms of like flower farming, like there's a lot of people that are trying to do it now, either full time or as a side hustle. So because of that, it's put a lot of strain on suppliers. Um, so that has left um, flower farmers to plan out at least two years ahead on what it is that we need to plant and how much we need to plant and how much we need to order. So that's in terms of crops. Now with um, marketing, I do think about it in terms because, you know, I work with the seasons, like what is available within the season. Um, I do think about it as like a, I do break it down for like I start annually and then I go quarterly. And then I also go by the week. Um, I try to be very present with what it is that I'm doing in terms of my content, because I've come to learn that um, my audience they really enjoy seeing the process of what it is that uh, we do on the farm. So because of that, um, you know, I'll, I have to go ahead and kind of look at my month and my week and say, what is it that has to be accomplished this month? What is going to happen this particular week? Um, and so on and so forth. So I do have to get rather detailed about it. Sometimes it can be really time consuming, but I'm learning to get better about that. I'm learning to not be so neurotic and <laughs> just kind of let things take its natural course. Um, with that being said, I do plan in terms of content. I do plan at least a week ahead um, and I do use like content schedulers and all that. So that way I'm not I can just sit down at the computer schedule everything at once and then I don't have to think about it anymore until that certain designated day of the week that I scheduled out to do ad administrative work. Mm, I love that. That's really interesting. On the topic of content planning, so you said you schedule out at least a week. I'd love to hear just everyone else's approach to content as as a marketer. I'm always going to dig in, especially into the marketing. So first of all, Tracy, what content planner do you use or do you have any tool suggestions for anyone listening who's like, oh, I want to plan a week in advance? Um, and then just, yeah, the other two, Megan and Kim, how do you approach content planning? How far out do you plan all that stuff? Right now, I just upgraded to Hootsuite. Um, in my opinion, worth every penny. Um, I love all the features that it has. Um, before that though, I was using later and I was just on their free program and that worked just, that worked also, but I wanted to get more into like the analytics and just more features that Hootsuite offered. So that's why I switched and upgraded, but yeah, buffer later, those are great as well. Mm -hmm. So awesome. This is Kim from Bobblebee and I use Planoly. I'm just on their free version. I use Canva for a lot of my graphics or editing. And then I use their the free version of Planoly. I personally would rather invest in my e-commerce platform and my email platform. And then I'm not really willing to give much more money away. <laughs> and so I use free versions of everything else. And I love to batch content because I 
very much am either in the zone and things are flowing and it feels really good. And like Lauren just talked to us last week about the energy marketing. I feel like my energy really comes through in a positive way when I'm writing and making content from a place of happiness and joy and excitement versus a place of I'm checking a box. And so I, I will, my husband will laugh when I pull my phone out at like 10 o'clock at night and we're watching a movie and I'm very much a, let me do something passive while I watch a movie in the background. And he is like, but you have to watch the movie. You have to everything. <laughs> I will sit there and I'm just like frantically typing on my phone because I just had this massive burst of creative inspiration that has to go somewhere. And I have a million notes on my phone and in Notion and I will go back and pull from those all the time because it's such great stuff. But when the inspiration isn't there, trying to create content is just awful. Mm -hmm. So, and especially I have two young kids and a puppy. I do everything that I do from home. And so when I can find a snippet of time, I need to know what I'm doing and batching content is just so helpful for me because I either have the notes there to go to and pull that inspiration from or I already have things queued up in Planoly or just in my notes. And I'll just have big chunks of text ready to go of these great things that I've thought of at 10 o'clock at night or whenever in car line, you know, when mm -hmm. inspiration struck. So batching content is kind of my favorite thing. Love. This is Megan from Make Elizabeth Art. I have tried to batch content and I have failed miserably at it. Uh, there are circumstances where I am very inspired and I end up making like five reels in two days. And that's the situation where I will force myself to save them as drafts and spread them out. But um, I can't force the batch work. It just, it does not work for me. Uh, I do plan out pretty far in advance though. Um, another plug for making good happen. The content calendar is for a full month. And so when that comes out, I, since it's there, I just put out the ideas and plan it out. And I've been trying to be more intentional about rotating through content pillars. Um, because I think that's something that I could improve upon. I think I, when it's close to a drop of something or I've been feeling it a lot with the holidays is <laughs> when you have like all this information you need to get out, it's really hard to remember to go back to those value added um, content pillars. And so the, I do plan out a full month just with the ideas and the general time that I'm going to post it. It's okay if it gets taken off or pushed a few days, but the, at least the order of when the content is getting out um, is planned out. And I've also found that really helpful for um, planning launches and also when I have markets and when I want to be saying this information and sending this out to my audience. But um, before I just would be like, oh, I need to do that. And then all of a sudden I have a bunch of posts in a row that are all info heavy and nobody's seeing them because people are scrolling past them. So um, I have started to plan out about a month in advance. I don't currently do anything with um, like auto poster, auto posting apps. I do it all in real time, but I am going to have to transition quite a bit this year um, because just with some life transitions, I'm going to need to be planning my content and um, having like about a two week lag of where, of when the content is filmed or taken versus when it is posted just for safety reasons. So um, I'm going to have to figure out how to do that. <laughs> so that's one of my goals <laughs> is that tra whole transition. Um, so 
yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with that. That's really interesting. Um, I happen to know kind of the, the life changes that you're talking about because we've chatted about it. But for those listening, I think it's really, I think the concept of planning is very interesting in relation to the approach that you're taking to life next year. I would just love for you to share a little bit about what that is and like any way that you see planning coming into play in terms of like running your business in the new way that you're going to be, which I'll let you do the spoiler. (laughs) (laughs) It's a fun spoiler. Um, I am actually moving into a truck camper with my partner and two dogs, and we are going to be traveling for the next two years or so. And I'll be doing the business entirely online and on the road. Um, so in the past I have done a lot of in-person markets and that's no longer going to be a part of my income. So I'm in a transition with that on seeing, okay, I need to be doing more PR opportunities. I need to get my name out there a little bit more online in the online sphere, um, and grow my audience that way. And then the safety aspect that I was talking about is I don't really want people to know exactly where I am all the time. (laughs) So I'm going to have to figure out how to organize myself to post content at a later point, but still have it in chronological order. Um, So that's all happening in January. So I'm really excited and I'm probably going to take a little bit of time off of Instagram just to like start that buffer period. And then also give me a little break because the holidays burned me out again this year and I tried not to have that happen, but it did anyway. So, um, <laughs> we always try it. never always works. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that's the gist of it. I, there's, there's going to be planning on, Oh, the other planning part of this is, um, I'm hoping to be changing how I do launches. So instead of doing, a launch once every two months or whatever it may be. Um, I'm planning on doing launches for every state that I'm in. And um, so like if I'm in Arizona for a good chunk of time, all the pieces that I made in Arizona will be launched at one time um, in an Arizona collection. And then um, each piece will be named after the exact location that it was made in. So there's lots of marketing, so cool. like throwing the pe- people into the experience there. Um, and then I'm going to have to transition how I mail things out. Also my return policy, because I don't really know how I'm going to do it yet. Um, so all of those things are, are brewing in my head. I'm not sure yet what's going to happen, but mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that um, in some ways, planning doesn't mean that you have to have all the answers. It's like the process of knowing what answers you're going to need and like having that list and you're going to work through it little by little, but you don't have to like today, December 19th, as we record this, know exactly every element of everything next year. You just kind of have to have a sense of, I mean, and some people that would be helpful for them, but I like that. Like, it sounds like your approach is you broadly know what you're going to need to figure out. And knowing that is enough to like, make you feel kind of settled and you trust yourself to figure it out. I really also liked listening to the different approaches to content scheduling and batching. And I just think like, I hope this gives anyone listening permission to do it. However, feels best for you. We have everything from like Tracy who is always at least a week out, fully scheduled, like good to go to Megan, who does have a plan, but it doesn't mean the content is created in advance. And I think that's a really good point because there's so much talk about planning and batching that I think some of us, if you're not doing it that way, you can feel like, oh, like I'm not batching my content. Like I'm not a real professional business owner, but like, no, you, I think the important thing is to be intentional about your content, post things that matter if it means you're creating it that morning because that's what works best for you there's like there are no rules so i loved hearing the different perspectives there this is kim from bobblebee and i about batching content i just want to say to you because i batch it and love to batch it does not mean that it gets scheduled in appropriate (laughs) ways (laughs) because i will legit post something 
three times. I will post three times in one day on Instagram because I just like it and I want to share it and I'm excited about it. And then I will go dark for two weeks because Mm -hmm. I'm not excited about anything and just nothing is is what I want to share or talk about or uh, value. And so I just don't. And then I will be very present in your feet again the next week. And so I do batch, but I mm-hmm. don't always gotcha. let it hit when it should. That's <laughs> funny. I can relate to that excitement of like, oh my gosh, I'm really excited about this thing I just made. I have to share it now. Like Tracy, how do you have the discipline to like put a lot of effort into something, plan it, and then like not let it go out right away? I think because I... I don't know. I'm just, I'm really neurotic. Like I'm, I'm the, I have the type of brain where like I have trouble sleeping at night because I, my, my mind is just always running. So, um, I think that's, that's why I'm comfortable scheduling it out because if it's in there, then I don't have to think about it anymore and I can just mm-hmm. move on and think about something else. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Otherwise you know, it's going to give like, you comfort. Yeah. Otherwise I'm like, Oh gosh. Like, Oh God. Yeah. I just keep <laughs> thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I can relate to that too. Okay. So let's talk about in the past business planning. So we've all been in business at least a year or two. Some of us more Tracy, I didn't actually even realize that you had a different business before this. So you've, you've done business planning before also in multiple businesses. I want to hear from you if you have anything to share, either or both things that have worked really well for you in the past or things that you've done that like have not worked at all. Um, Feel free to answer either of those or both questions, but I'd love to hear something from each of you on that. This is Megan, Megan Elizabeth Hart. I think this is a hard question to answer because everybody's so different. Um, So I can answer it for me, but whoever's listening may really have a different opinion. Um, and you kind of have to do trial and error to figure it out. But for me, I have done, um, I took another course about two years ago that went into depth in a lot of different ways about how to sell art, um, and how to market yourself online. And one of the parts of it was planning for the next year. And the way that they had us do it was basically you had your North Stars, but you also planned out every month um, and at least planned out like all the goals of every month. And I tried that last year and I fell off bandwagon very quickly, Um, which is why I have shrunk it down to three month chunks where I'm actually thinking that far ahead. I can't think a year in advance. I can think a year in advance on like a big goal, but if I start scheduling myself out for this is what you're doing in November of next year, then I just get very overwhelmed and I'm not able to get the work I need to be doing now done. So um, that doesn't work for me. I need the more flexibility um, uh, for me to change my mind. Uh, and that's just something that I value for myself and feel like allows me to enjoy the work more. And so um, I've incorporated that value into how I do my planning. I love that you described that as a value because that is true. It's like your values come into play, not only in like business decisions you make that show up externally, but also just like how it looks to be in your business. So, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Previously, I did a lot of winging it because that's what made sense to me. I just didn't even know any different and I didn't know any better. But having things like the accountability tracker and the monthly content planners that Lauren provides just gives me, it takes that element out. You know, I don't have to think about that. I don't have to get to that point and then sit down and think about what goes into those blanks. I oh. She's making her debut. Oh my gosh. Okay. If you know anything about cattle dogs, they're extremely chatty. Like that's how they thrive is because they talk to the cattle and they, they they're work dogs. And so they use their voices a lot. And so 
It is very aligned with the brand of making good that we have dogs on this call and everyone, everyone I'm talking to right now, Megan's got a couple dogs. You two have dogs. I have a dog who I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you've heard her in the background. So yeah, no worries. And Hey, Domino. I am only in my second year of business. So planning for me has looked very different each year as I kind of gain more knowledge and understanding about what I want to be doing and what my bandwidth is. That's something I've learned a lot about this year, going through my first holiday season with an e-commerce platform and doing markets. I learned a lot about the bandwidth that I have and don't have. And so um, that wasn't about planning at all, but <laughs> no, yeah, it was too. Any other, any other things that have worked well or not worked well when it comes to planning? Um, this is Tracy with Jonco. And something I learned from my previous business was um, don't be afraid to take risks and try new things. And so coming into um, a new business in a new industry, um, I, you know, I applied that here and it's actually worked out really well for me um, because, especially because like I mentioned earlier, I'm a second generation farmer. So I'm essentially inheriting a business from my mother and you know, I, I'm a different person. I want to do things differently. So instead of just following how she did things, you know, I was like, you know what, forget this. I want to carve out my own path. Right. So I think, um, having that will and that courage to just, you know, do new things and try new things, um, instead of, you know, like watching out for failure or um, letting my anxiety and doubts get to me. I think that's really worked out in my favor. Um, business has grown because of that. Um, and it's, it's grown faster than I expected because I was willing to take chances. Um, now, what didn't work well from one business to the next was when in my fitness business, I was, I just like winged it. I had no plan. I just kind of, I was very present and just lived on the daily basis. Like, you know, I was like, I don't know. I don't have business goals. I just am like, I'm cool. I love what I do. (laughs) (laughs) I never thought about anything. Yeah. I was like, you know, just woke up and was like, cool. Who's on my client roster? When am I getting my own workout in? Blah, blah, blah. But I took it. It was pretty hard for me. Like I felt like I got hit by a train, <laughs> like it, switching industries. Cause it, I realized like, Oh, it doesn't work like that in this industry. Um, in this industry, you actually succeed if you have a plan, you know? So, um, that didn't work well <laughs> for me was just kind of winging it. And then something else that, um, that I did very well, in my uh, fitness business was I was able to speak to customer value a lot, right? Like that came very naturally for me. But I've noticed that with the flowers, I have a hard time with that. So I, I had to remind myself like, oh, you know, like, yes, like storytelling. I like storytelling. But at the same time, how is that building value for your customers? Right. So I, that's something that I'm struggling with in terms of the flowers. Like I have to, (laughs) I have to think about it more. It doesn't just flow and come naturally to me. Um, So yeah, I guess from one business to the next one industry to the other, those are things that I, I think is really interesting that I'm like, Oh, you know, um, I can speak like something's flowing really well in this industry, but not the next. So I don't know if it's that, I, you know, just have to be a little more experienced and seasoned in terms of farming or um, I need to do more industry research. I'm not quite sure, but. I, yeah, that's really interesting. I think, I think part of it is that 
it can be harder to speak to like the deeper values and aspirations and like inner stuff when you have a product-based business. It's still possible and it's still important. But when you're like telling someone clearly how you can change their life because they're going to feel good in their skin and whatever. I don't, I don't know exactly what kind of fitness coaching you were doing, but like, I think when we provide services, it can be a little bit easier, those decisions. So I will just say that I'm guessing Kim and Megan can both relate to that feeling of like, I know I want to speak and like help people through pain points and, you know, meet them where they're at and really connect. And it can be, it's important, but it's harder with products. So I'll just say that. This is Kim from Bobblebee. I will say that that's something I really encountered at markets with my sustainable goods because people either come up to me and see reusable paper towels and say, oh, this is great. I want a bunch and they will buy 10 packs. And then I have somebody else who comes up and says, but why? Like, but there's paper towels and it it is, it's all about meeting them where they're at and what's valuable to them in the moment. I'm not there to tell you not to use paper towels. I'm there to say, here's a source for you to get your reusable paper towels if you're already on board. And if you want to talk about the reasons why and um, the benefits of using them, great. I'm here for it. I'll talk about sustainability all day long, but I'm not showing up to a market to change the world and change everyone's minds. If you're already part of that conversation and you want to look at alternative methods like reusable paper towels, great. I'm here for you. But I'm also not going to like chase you out into the parking lot to tell you the decomposition time of traditional paper towels, you know? And so I think it is very much about approachability and just being able to talk to customers in a way that feels good and not shameful. Or I, I make reusable paper towels. There are still paper towels in my house. (laughs) I still use them. I have a dog. I have two kids. There are things that happen in my house that I don't want to pick up with something that's going to go in my washing machine. But it's about just decreasing the amount that I use them, you know? And so, and I think that that's true for a lot of products and a lot of product-based businesses that we're not there to completely change everyone's mind. It's just about bringing a little bit more awareness each time. Love. Something I just wanted to point out after listening to each of you and especially you, Tracy, because your business model, you describe like the long timeline that you need to start planning from like a few years out. I just think it's important to think about your particular business and your industry when you think about planning too. For some of us, like, you know, for stationary or for businesses who do wholesale, you are going to want to be thinking about, you know, when are you going to approach your stockist before Valentine's Day or before buying for Christmas or the holiday season, whatever it is. Um, For some of us, we really don't need to plan that far in advance. Whereas if you're a flower farmer, you need to be like physically planting things like a long time before it's actually for sale. And that, so it really does matter what industry you're in and thinking about the specific to your industry, what kind of planning is going to be necessary so that you're not like has been mentioned multiple times, like completely winging it and feeling stressed out and feeling behind. Um, So I just want to like encourage people to think uniquely for their particular industry. I want to know if you could give the folks listening who on average, they're business owners, small business owners, a lot of product-based business owners, but some service-based businesses too. If you could give them one single piece of advice when it comes to like, do this one thing, when it comes to your marketing or when it comes to your annual planning and it will make a difference or try this one thing, see if it's for you. What would that be for each of you? This is Kim from Bobble Bee. And this is so easy for me to answer because it's made such a difference for me. And that is to trust in the experts that you've put on your team. So I always like to think of, even though I'm one person, I like to think of still having a team within my business. My husband, he has to 
pick up some slack when I'm in a busy season. That's my kids. They have to be a little bit more understanding sometimes if I am not going to play like the 11th game of Monopoly that day. Um, (laughs) And then things like making good happen and a community. I put my trust and faith in Lauren to just tell me what I need to know. And then I'm going to go execute those things. But really trusting and believing in the experts that you make part of your team, because that's so important. And just building that team and then taking their guidance and running with it and just not, you can still be a team of one, you know, you can still be a, a solo entrepreneur and have a team. You can still have people behind you and people supporting you and just to really lean on them and let them believe in you. Hmm. Yay. Thank you. I promise I didn't care. (laughs) That's so nice. Thanks, Kim. This is Tracy with Gentle. And I would say for me, it's do at least one thing that Uh, that makes you scared, I guess, like that is outside of your comfort zone. Um, And for me, like (laughs) COVID made me really like it. I'm I'm very introverted by nature. Um, I, I call myself a social introvert. Like, you know, I can have conversation, but I love like being at home and in my own environment or out in the field by myself just digging dirt. Like, I love that. But um, time and time again, in terms of business, every time I've been like, no, Tracy, take chances, you know, do something that's outside of your comfort zone. It's always paid off. Um, So, you know, my one thing, one of my goals for 2023 was, you know, working with other small business owners. Like, (laughs) it makes me nervous just thinking about like approaching somebody you know and I'm like why why am I nervous you know why you know and so I'm like what's the harm and just just asking right so that was my and yeah I I have a collaboration in the works and I I was you know and I'm so delighted but so like again just time and time again every time I've been like no take chances just do it don't think about it too much don't overthink then mm-hmm. it's always paid off. I love that. I I feel like for me, the most fun, best things have always happened when I'm like, like a couple feet outside of my comfort zone. Like it's not a, it's not a jump off the ledge necessarily, but it's like, I'm uncomfortable. And so right. I love that. Right. I love that. This is Megan from Make a List of the Part. Um, I'm coming from this advice or I'm giving this advice coming from a place of I tend to overcommit myself and do far more than what I should be. Um, And that is healthy. I am somebody who has to force myself to take a break. So that is where I'm coming from with this advice. (laughs) Um, But I would really, if you're similar to me, I would encourage you to think about how you want to be feeling through the year especially during the busy times um, and prioritizing your goals and creating your goals based off of that. Um, I talked a little bit earlier about um, my value of having some freedom and when I do things um, and that plays into this. Um, I thought I did a good job with the holidays this season, but then I kept adding things. So it was good at first. And then I kept adding things. So learn to say no to is a good thing. Um, I am also working on that. But um, I, I want to say though, as well, like, I fully agree with Tracy, but you do need to push yourself out of your comfort zone. This is not saying it's okay. Like, it's okay to say, I'm not going to be uncomfortable with this next step that's not what I'm saying at all um Mm -hmm. I just want to make that very clear it is important to be pushing yourself um I just mean in the sense of taking time to care for yourself and be with those in your personal life as well is really important and how to prioritize your goals and making sure you're not over committing yourself is really important 
Mm -hmm. So good. So good. Yeah. And to the point of um, pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone, like were any of you nervous to be on this podcast? Was that a comfort zone thing for any of you? Yep. Yeah. 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 It was yeah. less uncomfortable because it's you. <laughs> if it were someone that I didn't know, I would be very uncomfortable. But yeah, if I'm uncomfortable, usually my voice shakes and my voice hasn't sh- shook once this entire time. No. So that's a good sign. No, I love that you all said yes, though, because it's like it's easy to say no when something makes you uncomfortable and just stay stay in your comfort zone. So I'm, I'm actually like genuinely not just saying this, have loved this conversation. And I'm really glad that all three of you said yes, because I think you all have different approaches and bring different things to the conversation. So thank you for the fact that you were willing to step outside of your comfort zone. Like people listening are going to be able to learn something from this and at minimum feel like whatever their approach to planning is like they're in good company because there's not one way to do it. I want to talk about each of you and your businesses a tiny bit before we wrap this up. Um, Two questions that I would love for each of you to answer. First is, what's something you're excited about or planning for 2023? And the second is, where can folks connect with you online if they've um, enjoyed this conversation? Let's do Megan, then Kim, then Tracy. Order on my screen. Megan. I already talked about this a little bit, but I am very excited about uh, doing travel full time. Um, it's a huge value of mine and something that I was missing a lot with COVID. And so I'm hoping to incorporate it into the business. Um, it'll make content creation a lot easier, I'm hoping. And so I'm really excited about that and also kind of taking a little bit of a step back from feeling the mayhem of creating and it's going to force that a lot too because I don't have a permanent address to be getting mail I'm going to have to be thinking very far ahead and so getting things out and just the timelines of things are going to be a lot longer and that's out of my control so I'm hoping to slow down a little bit this year with that so I'm really excited about that that's happening very soon in like three weeks is when we're leaving. So (laughs) I, I was just pushing through the holidays and now I'm like, okay, now I get to make everything nice and (laughs) move all my stuff in and we get to go on a shakedown run and all of that. So, but yeah, and you can find me on Instagram at Megan Elizabeth art, Megan with an H Elizabeth with an S. I, I have a website. I have, um, an online store there and it's meganelizabethart.com um and then on pinterest as well under megan elizabeth art but that is one of my goals this next year is to improve that so it's not great right now but we're gonna improve it uh so yeah that's where you can find me thanks for having me lauren by the way oh my gosh of course sorry i have one more thing that i want each of you to share so um, something you're excited about or planning for next year where people can connect with you. You've done those, Megan. The third is what is one product or offer that you have that is like a bestseller that people really love that someone listening could like go check out right now? You could, I think there's a few left. There might not be by the time this airs, but I was pleasantly surprised this holiday season that um, the huggy hoops and the threader earrings almost sold out online. So there's a few left there, but those were by far the uh, best sellers. And I also have um, some leaf studs that are just simple sterling silver design uh, that I have a little bit of stock left that sold. I sold quite a few of those for the holiday season as well. So uh, those would be my top picks for y'all. Yeah, I will link them in the show notes. Thank you, Megan. This is Kim from Bobblebee, and I am so excited for the first quarter to really dive into learning new things. My husband has always been very apprehensive every time I get a new hobby because he knows it's going to cost us a lot of money and a lot of time because I just dive in with both feet and get very excited about whatever I'm learning and in the moment. And so the fact that sewing has stuck around so long is very exciting for him. (laughs) Um, And 
so I'm, I've really tackled a lot of the technical pieces of sewing, my supplies in sewing, and I still love it, which is amazing because usually by now I've gone on to the next thing. And so the next thing for me is learning the email marketing, the social media marketing, search engine optimization, website design. And now I'm kind of learning all of those other entrepreneurship things surrounding my business. And so I'm finding ways to continue that love of learning and trying new things, but within the same passion and hobby, which is very new for me (laughs) to not just jump ship and onto the next thing. So I'm really excited about that. I'm excited about all my new classes and connections that I'm about to make. You can find me online at bobblebeco.com or bobblebee is also my Instagram handle. It's B-A-U-B-L-E. B-E-E-C-O. And then that has a link to my website as well. And my bestseller has definitely been my reusable snack bags. I like to think of them as washable Ziploc bags. They have a zipper at the top, so they make it really user-friendly for even your littlest kiddos to be able to do And the entire thing can go in the washing machine and in the dryer so that it gets all of the nasty school germs off. And they also have a flat bottom so that kids don't spill them. So those are clutch for parents. Amazing. I have I have some and I can attest. Yay. Thank you, Kim. Um, This is Tracy with John Coe. And um, I ended my season early um, this year because the weather in the Pacific Northwest was really nuts this year. But uh, with the extra time off, I actually enrolled in a couple um, bulb forcing courses. So I learned how to make tulips and lilies grow outside of their uh, usual seasons. And with that, um, it has allowed me to have business year round instead of seasonally. So I am super excited um, to have flowers as early as February this year. And hopefully I will also have flowers as late as November and December. So that is something I'm super excited about um, for next year, especially, yeah, February. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can finally participate in Valentine's Day. (laughs) Yeah, Um, so fun. Yeah, Yeah, I'm so excited about that. You can find me on social media on both Facebook and Instagram at John Co Flowers. Uh, That's J-A-R-N-C-O Flowers. And a product that uh, I currently am uh, working on pushing right now is my CSA or uh, my flower subscriptions. Um, I have one for the tulips, the dahlias, and our signature item has always been our bouquets. So um, you can go ahead and check those out. I talk about it on social media, um, but if you want more in-depth details, you can check out my website, www johncompany.com amazing well having had having used slash gifted slash tried all of your products i can endorse all three wholeheartedly so um i'm gonna link all of the businesses and also the products that were mentioned in the show notes so definitely go check those out megan tracy kim thank you so much this has been so much fun and has actually gotten me really not actually like I am really excited about next year but this has gotten me even more excited about next year because it's just like there's so much possibility and we can plan to do anything we want and who knows what's coming so thank you so much for being here I can't wait for this episode to come out and yeah just super grateful and I'll talk to you all soon thanks for having us it was so fun yeah so thank you I love this conversation with Megan, Tracy, and Kim so, so, so much. I hope you got some good planning inspo as you start to dig into 2023. 
If I had to pick one key takeaway from this conversation, it's that all of our businesses and approaches to business are different, and that is a-okay. There is no reason to try to force yourself into a system or a way of planning or running your business that simply doesn't feel good. Whether you schedule all of your content out far in advance or you create it intentionally the same day you post it, if it works for you, it works for you. A tidbit from each of our panelists. I loved Kim's recommendations to do the destination postcard exercise she described, as well as making sure that you're breaking your North Star goals down to the tiniest mini tasks to make it super actionable. I loved that Tracy's approach to planning is to really get to know herself, to build her actions around her business and her personal goals, and to carefully track her finances because she knows that's what motivates her. And I loved that Megan's approach to planning includes reflecting on the past year, as well as incorporating what's going on in her personal life and life transitions as she makes her business plans. You can find the show notes for this episode at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 154. This is a great place to go to learn more about each of these amazing business owners, as well as check out some of their best-selling products, which we have linked. If you have a gift to buy coming up or even something just for yourself, I would love it if you would consider buying from Megan, Tracy, or Kim. I know that all four of us would love to connect with you on Instagram. You can find me at Lauren Tilden, Megan at Megan Elizabeth Art, that's Megan with an H and Elizabeth with an S. Tracy at Jarn Co. Flowers and Kim at Bobble B. Co. Again, this is all linked in the show notes at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 154. By the way, Megan, Kim, and Tracy are all members of Making Good Happen, my membership program for small business owners. If you want to learn more about the program where you can hang out with all of us, head to makinggoodpodcast.com slash waitlist. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful to have your support. Here are three ways that you can give back to making good. First, I would be honored if you would leave a rating and review in your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to subscribe and follow. If you have a friend that you think would enjoy the podcast and this episode in particular, you can send them the link. This episode's link is makinggoodpodcast.com slash 154. And finally, I would love for you to take a screenshot of your podcast player while you're listening and tag me on social media at Lauren Tilden. I'd love to cheer you on. Thank you for being here and for focusing on making a difference with your small business. Talk to you next time.